Well, I'm a machinist, tool maker by trade. Um, I learned to trade from my dad, and uh, I also grew up in a hunting family too. Learned that from my dad. So I was probably around. I might have been still in high school when I, I think I made my first knife. And then as I became a more proficient at machining, I decided to you know make entire knives from start to finish. As I learned to trade more, I got more into the design of it. One of my designs. Um, actually became patented and I did a um, partnership with a company called Fiskars Gerber. Um, it was this fol folding knife here. It's a button lock but it revolves on a hollow pivot. They decided to um, produce the knife and grant me, or I granted them the patent rights rather and they paid me royalties. So it worked out well. They um, made a version of, of my design. They took it and they, for mass production, they injected mold, injection molded the handle Mm -hmm. and made some other changes, but the, the main thing that was patented was the design patent of the pivoting on a hollow bushing. New England is home to some of the most iconic hunting, fishing, and conservation opportunities in the world. Striped bass, whitetails in the big woods and suburbs, native brook trout, Maine moose, and the list goes on. Alongside these opportunities is a world-class, local-driven outdoor industry that has honed into the unique needs of New England hunting and angling. The Hunt Fish New England podcast brings you the men, women, and lore behind this region's incredible outdoor industry. This is hunting. This is fishing. We'll let the uh, this helicopter do its thing for a second. <laughs> yeah. We did an expo in New Hampshire um, it was in February or March, mm -hmm. and I was in like the center row. You know how the indoor expos are, it's kind yeah. of in rows. And I was in the center row, and uh, right behind me was a guy selling turkey calls. Oh, jeez. And, you know, he was calling a lot, but yeah. every time I had a guest on, <laughs> it was just like a yelp. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. All right, Dan, let's get started. Okay. Uh, Everyone, this is Dan Dugdale. He is from Dugdale Custom Knives out of Walpole, Mass. Correct. Uh, yeah. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. Um, Dan's just a couple booths over and has some very spectacular and impressive knives for sale. Um, before we get into your catalog, mm -hmm. uh, why don't you sure. tell us um, about your history with knife making and um, okay. how you got into sure. all that. Um, well, I'm a machinist, toolmaker by trade. Um, I learned to trade from my dad. And... Uh, I also grew up in a hunting family too, learned that from my dad. So um, as I got older in my teenage years, um, I was probably around, I might have been still in high school when I, I think I made my first knife. Started out by buying knife blades and then making just the handles. Um, that's kind of how I got my start into knife making. And then as I became a more proficient at machining, uh, I decided to, you know, make entire knives from start to finish, and as I learned to trade more, I got more into the design of it, and that's what I enjoy the most, is coming up with new designs and things that are different. Yeah, you definitely have a creative edge to your stuff compared to a lot of other knives I've seen out there. Yeah, yeah, most of the remarks I get is, I've never seen that before, and that, <laughs> yeah. that makes me feel good that you know, I'm doing something that stands out from other people. So. Of course. So uh, let's talk about some of your products and okay. some of the successes you've had and some of the designs okay. um, that you have that are unique to Dugdale Knives. Sure. So early on, um, one of my designs um, 
actually became patented, and I did a um, partnership with a company called Fiskars Gerber, and um, it was this fo folding knife here. It's a button lock, but it revolves on a hollow pivot. Um, so I made a contact. This was my, my, my second company that I had made a contact with, and they decided to um, produce the knife and grant me, I granted them the patent rights, rather, and they paid me royalties. Um, the patenting process is very expensive, um, so the advice I got from talking to different people was to approach a manufacturer and go that route. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm glad I did, because it worked out well. They um, made a version of, of my design. They took it and they, for mass production, they injected mold, injection molded the handle mm -hmm. and made some other changes, but the, the main thing that was patented was the design patent of the pivoting on a hollow bushing. So, um, Can I see your, your original one? Sure. I just want to hold it up to the camera. See your original one. And that's machined out of aluminum. Um, so the, what is the name of this piece, the pivot? Uh, finger hole. Finger hole. But in this case, it is also the pivot, which makes it unique. Which is probably very helpful, especially for guys like skin and fatty animals, like bears. So like their finger, their hands don't slip into the blade right. when they're processing. Yeah, it acts as a guard and um, keeps, keeps it secure knife. in your hand. Um, so Gerber ended up taking this and giving you uh, some royalties out of it? They did, and they um, actually made several versions. They're still making a, a version today. It evolved into the, uh, the first one was called a Chameleon, and then they went into their Remix series. So they made different variations of this in size and different blade configurations um, still to this day. Um, so, Are you it, still getting royalties? So no, it was, uh, it was a 15-year, um, okay. which is typical in the, in the industry because the patent it runs out at 15 years. Gotcha. So everybody, if, um, you, want, if you want this knife, you've got to get it from Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Local yeah, my, or nothing. My custom versions, I, I do still make them occasionally. Um, but I've kind of moved on to different different designs. Um, my current design now, if you, if you want to get into that, yes, um, is similar in the way that it has a finger hole. Um, but it, it's a one. It's a, obviously a sheath knife, mm -hmm. and it's it's unique that it, it uh, the way it's put together uh, using the materials and the, the way that I fasten it together. There's no screws. There's stainless steel bushings that are flared over that captivate. Uh, the G10 material into the mm -hmm. handle. Um, Can so you I'm, talk about the, the handle material? Because it's something I haven't seen before. Yeah, uh, G10 is um, some of the commercial manufacturers, they use it. It's, it's one of the best handle materials because it's impervious to oil, uh, water. It's very stable. Um, you know, it doesn't change a lot. So pretty much indestructible. So it makes an awesome handle material. Um, Would you say this is like your signature knife right now? Yeah, right now. Um, I've got the skinning version and the drop point. I, I call it a hunter combo. Um, they actually raffled one off Friday night here at the uh, Huntstock. Yeah, that's um, incredible. So um, this has been a great experience. I, I came here last year and um, scoped it out and decided to set up and you know put my knives in the hands of hunters because... Mm -hmm. I basically just do knife shows with a club I belong to, and um, I'm selling to mostly collectors that take the knife and they'll put it in a case and not use it. So I like to, even my high-end knives, the fancy ones, I, I like to see them be used. They're of made course. to be used. Right. They're all functional. So So what, what was it like for you to hand that knife over at the raffle on uh, day one of Huntstock? 
Uh, well, actually, I didn't know that I was going to be called up. I, I went there just because I have raffle tickets, too. And, uh, <laughs> and Pat said, uh, is Dan here? You know, because he was people that donated, he asked them to come up. So um, I'm not really comfortable <laughs> in front of a lot of people being, you know, having a mic in my hand. But um, <laughs> yeah. it... Uh, yeah, it was neat. The guy actually reached out to me after, and he said thanks for donating. He asked me some questions about it, so um, I was glad to do it. It gives me more exposure too, and uh, so yeah. And you're getting it in the hands of uh, hunters like you intended, right? Right, right. And you know yeah. that guy's going to use that this fall. Absolutely, yeah. Very cool. So, so Dan, um, you like you mentioned, you go to a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. um, not all of them are hunter focused. If a hunter or even someone just wants to buy this as a gift for somebody. Mm -hmm. What's the best way that people can get their hands on a Dugdale knife? Um, you found me on Instagram at Dugdale Knives. And um, basically, if you see a knife that you like, you know, just, just message me, direct message me, and I'll tell you if it's available and what the price is. Because the prices vary on all of these. Um, you know, I've got them from $100 up to 450 for the high end and, and the, and the um, more expensive folding knives are mm -hmm. in the 450 range. Gotcha. Um, I do sell to some some dealers. Ask, they generally look for a 15% discount if I sell through a dealer. I've done some um, work with with dealers, but I I basically like to make my own designs and I do it part time, so it's more of a hobby for me. Mm -hmm. At the show here, I've had people ask if you know, can you make a custom knife for me? And I I kind of I don't like to turn people away, but I kind of tell them. It's not really what I do. Right. I like to do my own designs on my own time, and so it's. And with you having the hunting background, you know what mm -hmm. works in the field and what's right. What's practical in the yeah, field? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to use this last year, um, but the previous year I, I got two two nice bucks, um, and I was hoping to uh, use it. But it, it will definitely get used, and I know it will work well. Um, and I make some in the real bright colors that. Uh, are great too because it, you tend to put things down in the leaves and in the heat of the moment and you can yep. lo lose them so for sure yeah i yeah, see so you got the matthew sat you archery hunter yourself yes yeah all right so i i like to tell people this is my thousand dollar hat because it ca <laughs> came with the bow that i bought from yeah. reedy's we'll <laughs> so. take a thousand dollars here's a bow and a hat yes. to take but, the uh, pain away yeah i shoot a matthews i i love it yeah so, i've heard great things yeah. about about matthews yeah i, I have a hoyt but mm -hmm. i'm not opposed to a matthews yeah. in the future sure um you also have some antler-based products over there. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes. Um, so when I came here last year, I just came as a spectator and just scope it out. And then um, I thought about setting up. So, um, you know, I want to get my knives out there, obviously. But I, 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 like to, I like to have items from $5 up. So if people see something, a keychain or something, you know, um, at least I'll, you know, make some sales, make some contacts. So I had a antler collection um, of about 30 antlers. I like to say it was over 30 years because <laughs> I don't find a lot, you know, one or two a year. And um, I had some nice ones too, but they're just down cellar collecting dust. So I made bottle openers, uh, key racks, coat racks. We've got wine stoppers. Um, I, I, I take slices of the antler. I make necklaces, keychains. You're awesome. And um, it's, it's kind of neat. I, I enjoy working with antlers because... Everyone is different, and even when you take the slices, you look at the inside. They, some of them are really cool looking. So, um, so it's it's been fun uh, 
this is my first time and setting up in this, this type of atmosphere, but it's, mm-hmm. it's great. You probably feel at home being around other hunters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sandy doesn't feel that way, but she, <laughs> she has a lot of testosterone around here. But, um, <laughs> oh, there's, a, uh, there's a lady presence too. Yeah, but it's been it's oh it's been an awesome weekend. Yeah. Um, we have a place in our family has a place in Sharon, New Hampshire. So we've nice. been commuting. It's only like 30 minutes. So it's it's been a nice getaway for us too. Perfect. So, yeah, that's great. What do you think about Huntstock? I think it's great. Um, Pat just came by this morning. He's one of the guys that started this, and um, it, I I would say it's doubled from last year. Um, it's it's really great to um, hear from some of these guys that you see on the YouTubes, some of the guys that you interview and stuff, to, to see them in person, mm-hmm. be able to ask them questions. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's incredible. And um, yeah. Pat and Pat did such an amazing job. And everybody else who works with, with yeah. those guys, it's, uh, it's a cr- quite an experience. And I feel like it's just uh, going to boom. Yeah, um, so that's why that. I was happy to donate. Um, and some of the the prize door prizes uh, that people uh you know manufacturing stuff been donating it's, oh my goodness it's great it's i actually won something for the first time in my life yeah i won't say what it was because it's kind <laughs> of like a competitor of yours but yeah um, it was yeah. still it's still like to your point they have mm-hmm. really amazing door prizes which yeah. is just it's worth the price of admission in itself sure. i think absolutely yeah all right dan anything else you like to say about uh knives or, or the company um oh actually i'd just like to show you one of my high-end knives the this would be more for a collector who might just put it in a case. Um, this is what caught my eye first time yeah. I, I came to the So this booth. is an antler handle. Look and at my, this. my brother makes coin rings. So I took one oh, of the... Oh, yeah. That's a half silver half dollar coin that's made into a ring. Just right here. And fitted to the handle. Beautiful. So, you, so your brother is in the... He's crafty as well? Yes. Is he in the machinist world too? Uh, he was at one time. Beautiful. Um, but he's... He does this. Uh, he ships all over the place doing these coin rings, and uh, he does not just American coins, but he does some really cool patterns. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of the smaller ones I used on my letter openers uh, that I made. So, um, that's, so that's so, beautiful. Yeah, I love the the brotherly collaboration on. Oh that. yeah, sure. But like I say, it, it, knife collecting is is it's a it's a wide range. When you go to an actual knife show, there's people that collect antique knives. Um, there's you know modern there's there's other dealers there that sell modern knives and mm-hmm. they and they can you know see, there's always arguments over which is better you know and some people like U.S. made, foreign made. Yep. yep. Um, as far as like how they're made, what I do is stock removal, and what you see on forging fire is like people forging the knives. They heat the metal up and they bend it into shape. Mm-hmm. Um, where I take a bar of stock and I grind the material away. Okay. Um, that's that's the difference there. But okay. Um, so, that's. So every so all your products um, made here in the states. Most of the the raw Absolutely. material as well. Yes. Yeah. And the blade steel that I use, um, maybe it's from being a machinist and stuff. I use it's called D2, and it's a very stable uh, material and it's, it holds a really good edge. Sometimes it. People say it's hard to sharpen, but once you get a good edge on it, it holds it for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, it's a material that I'm familiar with, and I, I've had good luck with it, so I kind of just stick with that. So. If um, if somebody buys a knife of yours mm-hmm. and, um, let's say, it gets damaged in some mm-hmm. way, even if it's their fault, which mm-hmm. it probably would be knowing how quality they are, yeah. um, can they send it back to you for repair? Sure. You know, that's the thing with a custom maker. If, if they're worth their weight, I mean, I, I haven't had many come back, but I've had a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had one guy, his, the button was sticking on his button lock. 
yeah. and he, he had bought it from a dealer. He didn't buy it directly from me, but mm -hmm. I, I uh, refurbished, you know, went over the whole knife and got it functioning properly and everything. Nice. So, yeah, if, if somebody wanted their knife shopping, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even charge for it um, because I, you know, I like to stand by my work. So, mm -hmm. some integrity over at Dugdale Custom Knives, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah. All right, everyone, this is Dan Dugdale. He is the uh, owner and maker over at Dugdale Custom Knives here in New England, specifically Walpole, Mass. Follow him on Instagram at Dugdale Knives. Dan, Great. thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. You're a natural, Dan. <laughs> that wasn't as bad as I thought. He so. did great. <laughs> 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 Your phone's going to light up now. See?